0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I just gotta start by thanking you for taking the time out of your busy day to choose to gain a few more tools for your fathering toolbox if you're a dad, and if you're a daughter, to be listening and learning more about what your dads are thinking and needing, and if you're a son, hey, I welcome you to the conversation, too. And today's broadcast is going to be a conversation that I truly believe will touch the hearts of both dads and daughters because we're going to be talking about what it's like to lose a dad. And if you're a dad, you'll get to hear what it's like for an only child today. I have a guest in the studio. You're going to hear about what it's been like to lose her father and not only go through the loss of her dad, but to live life for many years without him around. And maybe as a father, perhaps you've not really given much thought to what it's like or what it will be like when you're gone. So you're going to be able to look through the eyes of a daughter who's willing to come and courageously share her story today. And if you're a daughter who perhaps has either lost your dad, maybe to death, maybe to divorce, maybe even to addiction, or you're a single mom who's gone through divorce or loss of your child's dad, I want this message today. I pray that it will trust Touch your heart, and I trust that it will because you get to share in this conversation with Taylor and I today. So, I have a guest in the studio, and she's near and dear to my heart. She is someone that I've gotten to know over the last six years, and her name is Taylor Smith, not Taylor Swift, even though in my view she's as beautiful and lovely as she is, if not more. But, welcome Taylor to the conversation today.
1: Thank you, Michelle. I'm so glad you're here. I am so glad, too, and so thankful that you're choosing to talk about an issue that maybe isn't so common amongst conversations between dads and daughters about what it's like to grow up with the possibility of not having your father around.
0: Yeah, good point. And I think just in case you don't get to listen to the whole show today because you're out and about or you're in and out, I'm going to give you the conclusion first, which is that dads matter. And when dad isn't around, daughters suffer. You agree, Taylor? Absolutely. Yeah. Sons suffer, mamas suffer, because you dads matter. So as you know, those of you that have listened before, as I have the same format each week so that you can hang the new topic on that grid. And the template is simply on your mark, get set, Go. So On Your Mark, picture all of you guys getting ready to run a race, Your fathering race, and you're standing side by side, and I'm your coach, and you're looking at me. So On Your Mark is where everybody's clear about where the line is, what the topic is, if you will, for the day. So today, the title On Your Mark is Growing Up in My Father's Absence, Taylor's Story. Growing Up in My Father's Absence, Taylor's Story. So Taylor, what I would love to do, even before we get started, is... I have found that a lot of guys like stats and stories. So are you good if I give a few fathering stats first before we get started? Go for it. Okay. Well, here, I just want you dads to hear a few statistics that I think are relevant to this topic of fatherlessness. So did you know that according to the U.S. Census Bureau, here in the U.S., we are the world's leader in fatherless families?
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: I know. I had no idea. Yeah. We are the number one world's leader in fatherless families. And one out of three kids live in homes without a biological father. Isn't that an incredible statistic that has shaped our culture? So Taylor, the story that you're going to be sharing today is actually going to be touching a lot of people's personal experience because this is a really common issue. And not only that, but in my friend Joe Battaglia's 2015 book called That's My Dad, The common denominator of many of society's ills, and he listed those out as pornography, human trafficking, abortion, rape, murder, alcoholism, teen suicide, and incarceration can be traced back to, what do you think, Taylor? Fatherlessness. Yes, absentee fathers. He adds, it's easy to see that men who have abdicated their roles as fathers is the single greatest problem in society today. Isn't that amazing? So I say again, dads, you matter. And when you're not around, not only do we suffer as individuals, but our society suffers as well. So we today are going to take that topic of fatherlessness and break it down now with the story part that really, my my prayer is that this touches your heart as a dad, because you get to hear about the heartstrings of Taylor that are singing out and playing out her story before you. And this is a pretty raw story to tell. Taylor, what has it been like even in preparation
1: for our conversation today? It hasn't been easy. It's been a lot of wrestling. It's been a lot of anxiety, to be honest, because it's still something that is a open wound and I think will be for a while. Yeah. Life without a dad is hard. Yeah, for, or forever. Me, right.
0: Once Dad's Forever. gone, you really? you go on, and and I've got to tell you guys up front, Taylor is one of those women that you want to be around. She's 27 <laughs> years old. I'm in my 50s, but I learn from her. She she exudes joy. Everyone that knows her says I have never met met a more joy filled woman. And it's again, there's pain behind the joy because it's carved out a depth in her where she's going to talk about not only the, the loss and the struggle, but she's going to talk about hope. So this today is a story that that isn't a perfect one or hasn't been an easy one. And I just wanted you guys to know that up front in case it may sound like too easy or she's too filled with joy. It can't have been hard. And, and it really has. So Taylor, what I would love to do is just start mm-hmm. by turning the mic over to you and let you share a little bit of your story with those that are listening today.
1: Sure. So I'll take it back. To the beginning. Okay. I'm an only child, and one thing you need to know about my family dynamics growing up is that my mom, dad, and I were the three musketeers. (laughs) We did everything together. My mom, she was an artist and was always coming to my classes in grade school to do projects with clay or painting, and my dad, well... He was my superhero. Mm. I used to keep a little notepad at my seat at the kitchen table. Each morning before my dad left for work, I would give him a kiss goodbye and ask him when he would be coming home. And you can bet that the minute he was supposed to walk through that door, I was there waiting Mm. for him. He would do this whistle when he came in. I can still hear it. If I were to think of the sound of home... It would be his whistle. Oh, that's awesome. When I was nine, I remember my mom complaining about some stomach pains. And I didn't think much of it, but as it turns out, she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. As a little girl, I mean, I had no idea what cancer was, but I knew it was bad. Yeah. Even though my mom was battling for her life, I actually never thought of her as being sick. Because we still did so much as a family, and her faith seemed unconquerable. Yeah. But after four and a half years, she died from cancer.
0: And you were you were what grade or what age then?
1: I was just starting eighth grade, so I was about to turn thirteen years so old. So super vulnerable, confusing time anyway. Oh with my hormones goodness! Hormones and yeah, there was already yeah. so much change happening within yeah. me, and then around me as well. Uh-huh. But thankfully, even with the loss of my mom, at that age of change for a young girl becoming a woman, my dad stepped in to be what I call a Mr. Mom. (laughs) Um, My dad, bless his heart, went to the grocery store and got me things after I started my period. How many dads would do that? (laughs) Maybe you're one. Um, He would help me pick out my dresses for the school dances. I have so many memories of sitting with him on the couch late at night just talking about friendships and my future. (laughs) But at school, I decided to pour myself into my studies, into sports, to really distract me from my feelings of loss. I didn't see my dad grieve my mom's loss. And as a result, I didn't know how to grieve that loss until I was in my 20s. So by my sophomore year in high school, my dad ended up meeting a woman in California. I didn't feel a connection to her and. To be honest, I felt rather uncomfortable around her. Mm -hmm. But my dad loved her. He would start going down to California to see her every other weekend. And by the time I was a senior in high school, he would be gone for a week at a time and usually gone every other week. I'm not sure there was a night when my dad was gone that I didn't cry myself to sleep.
0: Mm.
1: And if I were to add up all those nights, it would be a lot. Mm -hmm. It was really that my dad started to have two different lives. He would go on vacations with this woman and her children, but not include me. At this point, I didn't have a mom or right. grandparents or siblings, so I felt really abandoned and alone. Lo and behold, a few weeks before I was to graduate high school, my dad died of a heart attack. No no warning. Um, my world and my heart completely shattered, if I thought I was alone before, I was really alone now. Yeah. But I, I sucked it up. I put on a smile. I tried to move on just as I'd done when I'd lost my mom. I moved across the country to study journalism at Indiana University. I was a walk-on to the rowing team and once again poured myself into athletics. It was my way of battling my inner demons. But the thing is... Athletics don't fight demons. Right, right. Um, only God does. Yeah. And I wasn't including God in my life. Mm. So those lies and doubts that I wasn't worthy of being loved, that I'm a problem, as I remember my dad telling me, those, those lies, they grew really deep roots in my mind. I began to work out harder and at the same time feed myself less, almost like punishing uh-huh. myself. And before I knew it, I developed an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I developed a really unhealthy habit to cope with loss. I actually ended up pausing from my time at Indiana University to move back to Portland for a few months to really work on my health. And it was then that I learned about the love of my Heavenly Father Mm -hmm. and how God is a father who will never leave me, who will never abandon me, who will... Never tell me that I'm anything less than worthy because I'm his precious daughter. Now, uh, five years later, Uh after a lot of prayer, reflection, and opening myself to what God has planned for me, brings me here today. That is
0: awesome. Well, If you're just joining us today, this is The Dad Whisperer, and I'm Dr. Michelle Watson here today in the studio with my friend, my dear heart friend, Taylor Smith, who is sharing today... About the loss of her father. So if you're just joining us, the topic today is growing older, growing up without a father, growing up in the absence of a father, right? There's There's such a mixed bag there with all the nuances that impact the development of a daughter when she loses her dad. So if you're, again, just joining us and just tuning in going, what are we talking about today? Taylor is sharing from the depths of her heart about what it's like to do life in the absence of a father. So Taylor, let me ask you, now that you've set the foundation of your story, a few more questions. Like You're saying you're an only child, mm-hmm. you lost your mom when you were in eighth grade, and your mm-hmm. dad when you were a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and you have no grandparents, siblings, nothing. You're you're here yeah. on earth, very alone. Do you consider yourself an orphan, or is that not something that you use to
1: describe yourself? Uh, you know, some days I do, but some days I don't. I think if my parents had both died when I was younger, I would have definitely identified uh-huh. as an orphan. But because my dad died when I was just turning 18, I was technically an adult. Okay. Although not really. Um, I've actually gone through and highlighted underlying verses in the Bible that talk about how God loves orphans. Mm, and that wow. gives me comfort to use that word to oh, identify that's, with.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So Taylor, tell the story of what it was like then to lose your dad gradually between your freshman year of high school and then to permanently lose him when you were a senior. What was that
1: What was that season of life like for you? So in the beginning, my dad and I were very connected, very present with each other because of that trauma bond through my mom's loss. But when he started dating a woman, he would... less involved in my life Mm because he was splitting his time between two places now that's not to say that when he was with me i mean he was present Uh but when he was gone it left such a void and i almost couldn't trust Hmm. in the times when he was there with me because i had this idea he's just going to leave again yeah so it was it was hard when it was inconsistent my dad's involvement in my life, especially towards the end of his life. Ah,
0: that makes sense. Okay, so I imagine there's probably some daughters or sons listening today who've lost their dad, either as a presence in their life or in their home. And it could be divorce, like we talked about, or it could be death or addiction that took dad out of their lives. But it seems like that ache in the heart of of any child to know his or her dad is always there. What would you say to those that are listening today who
1: have Gaping wounds because they've lost their dad. If anyone listening is anything like me, you've probably tried to blame yourself for your father's absence in your life, whether he is choosing not to be there or he's died. Like he's really can't be in your life, but don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I will, it will won't accomplish anything to play the blame game. You know, yeah. we're all human and therefore we're all flawed. It's, Okay to miss your dad. Yeah. He's your dad. It's okay to be mad at him too. And in the end, when I'm upset at someone, I try to think of them as their little kid self. Who probably never thought of growing up to be an addict or abusive or an absent father. Yeah. It's hard to be mad at someone when you see them as they were when they first arrived to this world. As a child, innocent and joyful. Mm. The wounds that you feel, they're real, yeah, and they'll leave scars. But I tell you, as much as they hurt now, I really believe that those scars will become some of the strongest parts of your story if you give them to God and do Mm -hmm. the work to healing because it's work. (laughs) I love that, that your scars
0: will become some of the strongest parts of your story. I hope those listening are hearing that, that your scars if you do the work and allow God to kill, will become some of the strongest parts of your story. Well, this might sound like an interesting question, but what would 27-year-old Taylor, so the age you are now, tell 17-year-old Taylor, like you're going back a decade, about what it's going to be like to grow up without a father? What, like, what do you wish someone would have told you then that you know now?
1: That it's hard, that mm. <laughs> there's no way around it. I'm for a daughter, there are some really precious and powerful associations she has with her father, Yeah, especially the one of her dad walking her down the aisle on her wedding day. Mm. I would tell myself that it's okay to miss him. It's okay to be upset by things that he did to hurt you. And at the same time, you need to acknowledge that you aren't perfect either. So there are probably things you did to hurt him too. Mm. I would tell myself to have grace for myself. Dads wow. are so often the ones who daughters turn to for advice about things like what to do when your car's broken right. or buying a first home or yeah. stuff about jobs, advice on so many things. I've certainly had my growing pains learning how to make decisions on my own, or rather the, the bigger lesson, how to ask people for help. You know, that's another thing. I would tell myself it's okay to ask for help. It's actually a brave and beautiful thing to ask for help. Oh, that's
0: good. It lets the people around you enter into your life. Yes. Right? Rather than being kept outside. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, you mentioned grief just now, you know, that that you would have told yourself it's okay to grieve. Mm-hmm. What do you wish you would have known
1: about grief then that you know now? <laughs> grief is work. Yeah. It's not something you can push casually to the side without... Negative consequences in the long run. I still struggle with grief. Yeah. Why? Because it's hard to focus your mind on things that don't feel good. If I'm being honest, I'm still not very good at grieving, and I have a lot to learn. Hmm. Good point. I mean, we're all, aren't we, in the in the process of learning a
0: new thing. You don't you don't learn how to do grief until you're in it.
1: Exactly.
0: Now, Taylor, because I've known you, and I I've intersected with your life and I've watched how you've grown in spite of and with this loss, I know that you have a couple surrogate fathers who have stepped in. And maybe there's men listening today that know someone who has lost a father and think, okay, I'll wait till she asks me to step in or I don't want her to think I'm competing with her Mm -hmm. dad. Mm -hmm. Talk about the surrogate fathers in your life.
1: Oh, yes. Um, Two surrogate fathers in my life were actually my dad's best friends from college. Who knew that yeah. his friends from way back when would have that kind of impact in my life today? So the first one is my Uncle Chuck, as I call him. He would come out to visit me every year at college, and we still talk to each other on the phone every other week. Just about. In awesome. fact, I talked to him last night. <laughs> um, and the second one is my godfather, George who visited me at college more times than I can count, especially when I was going through some really hard times. He and his wife, Sally, my godmother, have become such a strong sense of parents to me. I've actually spent the last few Thanksgivings Mm. and Easters with them and their family. Mm -hmm. I even went out to live with them for three months last year. That's awesome. And knowing that these men knew my dad, and were really hand-picked by him to be part of my life, makes me feel like my dad's not so far away. Oh, I love yeah. that.
0: Well, okay, kind of then going down again into the place where you've really felt the loss of your dad, what is it like to watch other daughters with their fathers, mm.
1: you know, when you don't have yeah. yours around? It can be emotional at times. hmm on one hand, I really celebrate those fathers and daughters who are so close and yeah. do things together. I mean, amen. If my dad were here right now, I would so want to make amends with him. Oh. I'd want to do the work, even even if it was difficult. Because he can't be here. It's sometimes really hard for me to see fathers and daughters, especially at weddings, oh, or yeah. events, big especially. points,
0: graduations or
1: Yeah. I'm, and then there's watching fathers and daughters who are estranged. I have to admit, sometimes that makes me really frustrated. Mm. I mean, you still have each other. If you can get over the ego and get together, mm. you should just be thankful for the fact that you're both here and that you can do the work to heal. You have the opportunity, and I don't anymore. Ah, oh, that's
0: powerful. You know, Taylor, what would you tell your dad? Like you talked about really gradually losing him over the course of high school because he had, right, kind of turned toward another woman and, and you said talked about crying yourself to sleep a lot. Yeah. Like what would you tell your dad mm. if he was here right now? And maybe that's a hard question, mm. you know? Yeah. But, but imagine right now that
1: your dad was sitting here. What would you say to him? Dad, you were my best friend. In all these years without you, I've, I feel like I've been waiting for that person who would be as much fun to be around as you were, mm-hmm. who would play with me, laugh with me, who would make me feel safe and strong. But, you know, there's, there's no one like you. I'm not sure there will ever be. Mm-hmm. While well, I miss you as my dad, even more, I miss you as my best friend. Wow.
0: I can feel that emotion from the depths of your heart going, Dad, I miss you. I carry you with me. I mean, one of the things I even know is you love skiing, you know, and that's one of the things both your parents loved. So even when you get to do things now that you did as a family, it's like it brings back the love that you had. And I think for dads to know that when you establish traditions while you are alive, your kids will carry them on when you're gone. And it reminds you of them. So establish those traditions now. So because we're running out of time, we we have just a couple minutes left. Can you just say really quickly before we get to our go step, yeah. is what you're doing now that gives you a heart for other orphans because you are one? Give me the 30-second story.
1: Yes. I mean, I could not have a better job for how God has designed my story. I actually work for a nonprofit called These Numbers Have Faces, And we work with university students and young entrepreneurs in East Africa, and most of them have lost a parent or both their parents due to violence or disease. And being able to talk with people who know what it feels like to live without parents, like that is such a gift to be known. And I feel like God has allowed us to become a family. That that. is awesome. So do
0: you guys hear when Taylor said earlier that your scars become a part of your story that God uses is that she would have never known that she would have an uncanny, supernatural, incredible way of relating to the population that she now loves and serves because of having gone through the loss of her parents. Mm -hmm. God is always writing a bigger story, isn't he? Okay. Well, as I said to you at the beginning, we always do, whoever I'm with or myself, on your mark, is set, go. So on your mark today, which is the topic, growing up in my father's absence, Taylor's story, get set, we've told you stats, Taylor shared her stories. Now we need a go action step for dads to do between now and next week. Taylor, what do you think, based on your story, is something dads could do this week with their kids?
1: Okay, dads, this might sound silly, but you gotta take me seriously on this one. My dad loved photography, and I have a lot of pictures from my childhood one of the things he did was to take photos and share them with me and write stories to me about them. So dads, if you can pick out a photo of you and your daughter, especially, and turn it over right on the back, some oh, message to her and give it to that. her, she'll be able to take that photo with her to oh. see your handwriting, your words, writing a note to her. Like that will be a precious gift that she'll probably have for the rest of her life. Oh, I love that. Okay, guys, you've got a direct action step
0: on your mark, get set, go write me. As always, give me questions. Tell me how it went at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. Thanks for joining me today. Let's keep the conversation going and go dad's.